Hey guys, we're back with a new episode and today, in fact, in this entire series, we're talking about the gospel. New series, new messages for you and for the community. We want to preach the gospel. That's what we're all about. Uh, Nothing excites me more. Nothing excites me more than the gospel, baby. So we're going to break it down for you starting right now. It's the gospel, period. Here we go. So we are talking about the gospel, period. And uh, a couple of great guys here with me today in studio. I've got, as always, the one and only Donald Medicus. Yeah. There's Don. I got to say hi to my wife, Patsy. There you go. The gypsy. And uh, we also have with us today the one and only Ryan Rinko. Ryan. Hey there. All right. And uh, together... We kind of make up like the trifecta. What do you guys think? It sounds like a good one. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, the tri, the trifecta. The tri, we don't want to do the triumvirate. That was like, uh, I don't know, like Caesar and two other guys you know, from the ancient world. I don't know. But anyways, we are, the three of us are here today to talk to you about the gospel. And um, I've just been thinking a lot about what direction to go in in terms of like this year, 2023, uh, what new sermon series. We did some fun ones last year. We did. Uh, we we started off actually with one called the disruptive gospel. Mm-hmm. We did one called uh, evolution and sanity. That was a fun one, wasn't it? Don? Yeah. We did. Uh, we did. We then we did mean Jesus. Oh man, that ruffled some feathers, didn't it? <laughs> mean Jesus. Of course, Jesus isn't mean. Come on, take your feathers, unruffle them. All I was saying is that when we looked at some stuff in the Bible in this book right here, what we saw is that Jesus did some stuff that. It was a little offensive to some people to the point that they killed him. That's all we were saying. And he, he did some stuff that by today's standards would be perceived as mean. So that was the whole point. So, so we did mean Jesus. Uh, we just got done doing uh, another one. I forget the, what was the one we were just doing, Dawn? I can't remember. You're, you're supposed to know, man. That was a quiz. <laughs> Get real. It was called Get Real. Uh, oh, we had it yeah. on. We had it on. We had it on uh, signs out in the community and everything like that. So it was called Get Real. We we looked at. I never got real. You never got real. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. Well, Ryan's real. He's a real guy. I mean, that's why we like Ryan. So uh, <laughs> leave me out of this. <laughs> we'll do. So yeah. So so now we're we're we, we've been through some fun series. This this series here. It's just really praying about where to go. We just recently got done rebranding our ministry. It was called One One Six Productions which stood for Romans 1.16. Just happens to be the verse we're going to unpack today. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've actually rebranded to Gospel Ministries. And so, um, you know, if you, if you actually, if, if you look at, uh, if, you, if you look at our sort of scripture, uh, excuse me, our uh, sermon, we're talking about the Gospel period, right? That little, like, triangle inside the circle, inside the O of the word Gospel, that's our logo, 
And so we'll, we'll spend some time on that. We'll unpack things a little bit, kind of telling you who we are and why we're so passionate about the gospel. Um, in, in fact, I, I'll, rather than wait till the end, I'll tell you right now, if you want to be a supporter of what we do, uh, you can actually give at PastorAJ.com. There is a cost to what we do, and uh, you'll get one of these. It's a little... Uh, it's a little nice little bag that has a piece of the top of Mount Sinai in it uh, that I got myself from climbing Mount Sinai and sand in a little jar from the Red Sea, the site of the Red Sea crossing where there's a natural land underwater pathway. I say land bridge. I guess that's the incorrect terminology, but it goes from uh, Nueva Egypt across to Saudi Arabia. So when God parted the waters, the Israelites could actually walk across. So there's sand from both sides there. That's your gift for uh, any dollar amount. And if you're a monthly supporter, we give you this really cool tumbler. We do believe passionately in giving Bibles to new believers, and we support churches who do the same. So that's uh, in in part what your money goes to when you give to us. And just there's, believe it or not, if I were to pan around the studio here and you saw the technological... Easy for you to say. Will you say the word technological for me? Technological. Technological. So you can't say it. No, you try to you say got it, him going. technologically advanced. So, thank you. I was yes. just trying to say technological, but that's even better. Thank you. Um, a lot of stuff around here that you know. There's a cost, I guess, to us uh, being online. We actually there's there's lots of costs. Actually, we've, we've a bunch of little things we advertise in the community. So we put uh, Bible, biblical. We address culture with the Bible with biblical messages. Mm-hmm. And so we do that in several places around the community here. Right. Uh, we do also hit social media. Of course, we hope to grow to a point where we can hit other communities with some of these messages, but, uh, uh, but there's a cost to all of that stuff. There's just a cost to being online. Um, you know, lots of things. Um, I, I mean, I would say in the thousands of dollars a month to, to do what we do. Uh, so, so I want to encourage you to give, to be a part of what we're doing here at gospel ministries, but nonetheless, I wanted to, uh, unpack the gospel because we're talking about the gospel period, the gospel period. And there's, there's lots of directions that will go with this, uh, through the course of this series that we're doing. Um, uh, our, our previous video that we did was all about icebreakers when you're sharing the gospel. We looked at how Paul did that fascinating figure, uh, but today we're going to look at one of Paul's writings, Romans chapter 1, verse 16. And, uh, you know, you've probably seen me share this graphic before, but Romans 1, 16 says, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. And so since we're talking about the gospel, and I, I just thought, you know, gospel ministries, let's let's talk a little bit about who we are, our theme verse, why we think this is so important, and, uh, you know, a little bit about what the gospel is. Uh, Don, I want to start off with you, my friend. I mean, what does is, what is Romans one sixteen mean to you? This is our theme verse for this ministry. Um, what does Romans one sixteen mean to you? Well, it means to me that God is reaching out to us, and yeah. that we need to except Christ as our Savior, and that it's, it talks about, you know, what the Lord has done for us on the cross, uh, him coming here, giving himself uh, for us, and, you know, it's not only for the Jew, but it's also for the Gentile, or like we're Gentiles, so it's for us, and it's also for the Jews, so he's covering the whole world. Covering everybody. Right. So the gospel's for everyone. There's exactly. not a person that you would say the gospel is not for, right? Right. 
Uh, Ryan, what do you think, man? What, what does Romans one sixteen mean to you? What I think of, uh, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, the first thing that came to mind was, you know, uh, if you're ashamed of, of Jesus in front of man, then he'll be uh, ashamed in front of mm-hmm. the Father. Yeah. And um, simply enough to say that the gospel is not simplistic, but it's simple. And Ooh, if you wow. just preach the gospel That's a good one, for man. what it is, and, uh, you know, again, at the end of the day, just like the previous video that we shot is you can't account on absolutely every aspect that you're not going to offend somebody. There's going to be an extent where you do. But again, out of that love and out of, again, how the Lord forms our hearts and continues to walk us in love and things like that. And we learn that as well. Then there, then does the gospel to be understood on, uh, I guess, people's timeline. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Uh, proclaim the gospel, right? I mean, the gospel, uh, like we just said here, is for everyone. Yes. Right. So, I mean, that's that's the reason why we got to preach it. Uh, the word gospel, evangelion in the Greek, it actually just means the good news. Mm-hmm. It means the good news. Right. And so there's this, there's this good news that uh, the early church, they were heralding. They were gospel heralds. A herald was someone who went ahead of the king proclaiming his message to the kingdom. So I think using that analogy... What do you think the early church was? Yeah. They were they were sort of doing the same thing. Yeah. Doing the same thing, right? I mean, the king has come. Right. And he's come with this message. He's come with expectations. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I that's part of the gospel. God God has called us unto something, hasn't he? I mean, he's called us unto a holy life. He's called us unto and and we'll spend some time over the course of this series actually dissecting what the gospel is because you know there's lots of different thoughts on this. I mean, depending on whether you're, you know, Protestant or Catholic or even Presbyterian or or Baptist, you know, different branch of Protestantism, Greek Orthodox, whatever it is, uh, there's there's just different strains of thought on what it what is it exactly that the gospel is? What it what is it exactly that you have to believe in in order to be considered Christian? Uh, so um but but I, I think one of the things that uh, is true is that there there are expectations. There are gospel expectations. Uh, you see that when people are preaching the gospel, um, whether or not that is part of the gospel. I personally would argue that it is part of the gospel, but I know that there's people who would disagree with that because they would view that as some sort of works that we do. Um. I don't think that's the case. I mean, I'm, I'm a I'm a good Protestant. I mean, I'm actually a good Reformed Protestant, uh, believing that that God is in His sovereignty. He's the one who elects us and does the work to uh, uh, to get us saved, so to speak. But um, but I definitely think God calls us unto something. And and when I see Paul preaching the gospel of the kingdom, Jesus actually went around preaching the gospel of the kingdom as well. Um, you know, he in one instance he is telling the people that he's talking to, this is Paul, saying that in, in previous generations, God overlooked such ignorance that, that the different nations were worshiping other gods and such. And right. He says it in exactly those words. He says, God overlooked such ignorance. And, and the, the connotation with that, the assumption behind that, the presupposition is that, uh, that now God is expecting more. Right. Um, and, and actually, I, I can read it here. My, my Bible is open to it. This is the in the intro to Romans, a beautiful intro. I won't have it on the screen for you, but you can listen along. Uh, he says in verse 3 of Romans chapter 1, Through him we have received grace and apostleship. That's one who is sent, like on a mission, gospel herald, 
to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from faith for his name's sake. So, so when we talk about what is the gospel, right, we've got to, you know, say, well, what's, what's the application? Because I think when you give a sermon, you, you, people want to know what's the application. What do I do with this, pastor? Uh, what do I do with it? What's the, what's the gospel application? So we'll, we'll unpack all of this stuff, but I just, I guess I want to sow the seeds that this stuff is sort of in here. Mm-hmm. It's in Romans one sixteen. I just, I just want to kind of, I just want to plant that seed in your mind that when we're talking about the gospel, we're not necessarily just talking about, uh, you know, I, I guess certain concepts, uh, certain concepts of salvation. I mean, in some senses, the the whole scriptures and all that they teach about a coming Messiah is the gospel. <laughs> so there, there's like a probably a, a broad sense in, in which we use the word gospel, and there's a more of a fine-tuning sense in terms of what components are necessary for salvation. I get it. I get it. But sometimes, you know, these when we talk about the gospel, there's a broad term. And there's kind of a more fine-tuned term in terms of what it means. So, uh, but but nonetheless, the gospel is for everyone. Uh, Don, you brought that up, and I think it's a yes. good point. The gospel is for everyone. And just just looking at our theme verse here, Romans chapter one, verse uh, sixteen. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. Uh, of course, he goes on, if you keep reading there, Jew, for Jew and Gentile alike. But, I mean, what's the importance of that being for everyone, Don? What do you think, why do you think it's important that this gospel, it's good news. I mean, just the fact that it's good news, right? It means that it's for everyone. Good news wouldn't just be for one person, it'd be for everyone, kind of, right? Right. Well, he's not excluding yeah. anybody. I mean, I don't care if you're Japanese, Chinese, Russian, German, whatever. Right. He's not excluding anyone. He's saying the whole world needs to come unto Jesus Christ and be saved. And it, that's the thing of it. If we don't have Jesus, we're not going to get saved. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Yeah. No man comes unto the Father except through Jesus Christ. So he's opening us up to the whole world so that the whole world can come unto him. And thank God, a lot of your different countries are coming yeah. to Jesus Christ. Right. Well, I mean, just, just that right there, that, that the gospel is for all. Now, you would think... Because this is the, the Jewish narrative, so to speak. We think it's the Jewish mm-hmm. narrative. Actually, it's not just the Jewish narrative because if we go all the way back to the beginning of Genesis, we see, we see where everyone came from. Right. They all started from Adam. So now just the fact that the early church is proclaiming this news that the, the Jewish Messiah has come, they're, they're explaining this to everybody. We just read in Romans chapter 1, Paul says that, it's for the obedience of faith amongst all the Gentiles. That's, that's what he was called. That's his mission. He was sent to do what? To proclaim the Gospels so that what would happen? The Gentiles would come to faith and what? That they would live lifestyles of obedience to the Gospel message, to uh, the Bible, this book that we read about, this book that we uh, thank the, God for. What are the Gentiles? And so, uh, good, good question there. I, I didn't plant that. I didn't I didn't plant that question. That was just a that was just a genuinely good question there, Don. Um, they're non-Jews. Yeah, they're non-Jews. The, the Gentiles are are anybody that's not that's us Jewish. So when Jesus gives the Great Commission, which is mm-hmm. another 
it's another great scripture. He says, go therefore into all the nations, make disciples of all the nations. Um, he saw the, na- the word nations there, actually, that's what it's talking about. The Gentiles are all the non-Jewish nations. So you, d- you just go back to this idea of the gospel being for everyone. And, and so like, it's, it is kind of an amazing thing when you think about it, because the gospel that we're teaching, the gospel that Paul preached. Now, Paul was a Jew, but I'm a Gentile, and you guys are Gentiles. Right. Like, the, this this message that we're teaching people didn't spring from our physical right. ancestors. Exactly. It sprang from our spiritual ancestors, mm-hmm. yes. But we're preaching a gospel to a world, to all these nations of people that are not Jewish. Right. Most of the people in the world are not Jewish, right? uh, and this is who who this message is going to. So this message is for everybody, but it was brought through a particular group of people. But it's for everybody. So that's the amazing thing about the gospel, right? It's Amen. for everyone. The gospel is for you. It's for you at home, right? If you're listening to this right now, you can't see me pointing my finger at the camera. If you can, good. It's for you. If you can't. Just visualize me, visualize Jesus saying the gospel message, the message of God's salvation is for you. The message that Jesus came, the message that, uh, that, that, uh, Yeshua HaMashiach, that's, that's Mm -hmm. Jesus, the Messiah. Okay. That's how they say it in Hebrew. Uh, in Greek, they would say, Jesus Christos, that's Jesus Christ, the word, the Greek word for Messiah is Christ. But what we're talking about is the Jewish Messiah. We're talking about the one that Moses spoke about. We're talking about the one that King David foreshadowed was a typology of, and, mm-hmm. and other people in Scripture, Joseph or the, the Lamb, Moses. the flawless Lamb. Yeah, Moses talked about a prophet who would come like him. Um, we're we're talking about the one that John the Baptist sort of laid the groundwork mm-hmm. for in his ministry. We're uh, we're just talking about the one that all of Scripture points to, being being our sacrifice before God to make us holy before God because we can't make ourselves holy before Him, and God does this crazy crazy thing in the gospel message, in that He just He just receives that faith. Just when we say to God, "I just have faith in who You are," He receives that faith as he, he credits us righteousness. He credits us what Jesus is, what God is, which is our requirement to get into heaven. It's being righteous. We're not righteous. God credits us righteousness. He just looks at us. He sees us as righteous. Protestants like to use the term imputed. Mm-hmm. God has imputed us with righteousness. Uh, he gives us that righteousness on the basis of our faith. Amen. Ryan, does that at all, like, what do you think when you hear that, man, that God gives us his riches just for our faith? Well, to keep it simple, when he died on the cross, you know, he died for all of us because he loved us with hoping that we would one day choose him. Mm. And the gospel, simply basic instruction before leaving earth. Uh, somebody told me that years ago, and I've always remembered that. Um, but I think that when the Lord, uh, I just lost my train of thought. 
Well, what does it mean to you? I mean, like, what in terms of, like, to, okay, what, what does it mean to, to you me? personally that God has given you, like Ryan, he sees you as perfect because of, because of your faith, you know not what? because you worked for it. That exactly. gives me it's, hope it's because totally honestly, different. That gives me hope because you know what? We don't deserve nothing. Yeah. Honestly, every single one of us should have been on that cross, but Jesus said, I'm going to step in. Yeah. And even as he walked up, uh, you know, carrying the cross, and then he no longer could carry it, people s- uh, spitting on him, you know, gambling for his clothes, things like that. And it's like, you know what? What that means to me is, oh my gosh, that conveys the absolute depthless love that yeah. Jesus died for us. And again, you can keep going deeper, but simply enough to say that, wow, the Lord loves me enough to give me that even when I don't deserve it. Yeah. Amen. 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 Uh, I mean, just really, if you just stop and think about it, how amazing the gospel is, it, it, it we can understand why it's good news because this is what distinguishes Christianity from everything else, what we call Christianity. It's just the true faith, the only faith, the only religion. Um, it, it's really... You know, even when we we try to distinguish Judaism from Christianity, well, really, Christianity, you know, whatever expression and form it comes in, whether it's Messianic Judaism, which is technically Christianity, Jews who, you know, still um, observe some of the ceremonial uh, feasts and things like that, but, uh, but they believe in Jesus as the Messiah, or whether it's a Presbyterian or a Catholic or whatever, um, that, that is the true faith, uh, a Jew, like the Apostle Paul said, a Jew is, is one who is a Jew inwardly. Mm-hmm. And so in, in a sense, like, if you don't receive Jesus, if you even believe in sort of the Old Testament, so to speak, but you don't believe in Jesus, you're not believing in what the Old Testament teaches. Right. So, so even if, even if, and this goes both ways, okay, I'm not singling out Jews, you could be a Christian. You could have been raised a Christian, but you don't really believe in the Bible. You don't really believe in the stuff that, that it's talking about there. Then you're not really a person who's embracing the true faith. If, you're, if you consider yourself to be a Jew, you're raised a Jew. I had somebody on this program a couple of months ago uh, who I met in Jerusalem, and he, he was raised a Jew, but he was an atheist, culturally, right? He was a Jew just culturally. Well, if that's you and and you don't believe in Messiah, or even if you're a Jew who does believe in the Old Testament, but you don't believe in the the fulfillment of that Christ when he came, you're not a a person of the true faith. Right. So sometimes I hate just throwing labels on stuff and calling it Christianity, because really what we're talking about is the true faith. That's really what we're talking about. And so when we talk about the gospel, the good news, it's rooted and grounded in all of Scripture, including the Old Testament, everything, all these stories. Without the story of the Exodus being a true, actual story, literally happening, you're taking away the groundwork for the gospel. Without a world global literal flood, okay, yes, it explains things scientifically that we see in the world. A global flood does. Evolution doesn't. But without believing in that literal story, you're taking away the foundation for the gospel about, about a coming judgment. If you can't believe in a, a previous judgment, how can you believe in a future judgment? And, and a lot of people reject a future judgment today. Right. So, so the gospel does come with certain, if we want to call it information, it comes in the, in, in the form of a certain story that you can't disconnect. All those pieces are important they're all important, but 
you don't have to understand every single one of them, but they are important foundations for the truth of, of typically when we just whittle it down right. to Jesus died for your sins, and he, ro- he rose again three days later. When we whittle it down to that, like, you know, yeah, that's, that's in a sense the gospel, but these other things are important. Don, you look like you have something you want to say, man. Well, what I was going to say, you were talking about that we are the righteousness of God. And when you go in uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 21, it says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So each one of us that is saved is the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. Yeah. And when I read that scripture, that's why I saved it in my phone, it blew my mind, and I had read it before, but for some reason, it just blew my mind that I am the righteousness of God through Jesus yeah. Christ. And repeat that for it. everybody. He what scripture it. is that? What uh... It's uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 5, verse 21. Okay. So, uh, so, yeah, so we become the righteousness of God through our faith in Christ. Amen. Good, good news, because everyone knows that they are... A sinner. I mean, I think everyone knows that. The world, that's why there are other religions, other pathways to God. Before the coming of Christ, before Jesus came into the the, uh, Yeshua HaMashiach, the the Jewish Messiah, who is the Messiah of the world, before he came, there were other religions. There were human sacrifices. There were animal sacrifices. Mm -hmm. There's different philosophies. There's ways, there's things that people try to do with the fact that they're not made right with God. There's things that people try... The, the animal sacrifices, the human sacrifices, these were forms of the human conscience saying, I need God. Right. And, and expressing it in a misguided way. Right. Right? God gave a prescribed path in the Old Testament, which, which was a shadow of the coming of Christ, the provision that he would give us. Right? Right. But there were still animal sacrifices in other places in the world. There were still... He gave his temple as a specific uh, uh, sh- symbol and shadow of Christ before he came, of Jesus, and it was. But there was other animal sacrifices. There was human sacrifices that took place throughout the world. And, and again, I think these things show that people feel like they need God. There's, there's other people who try to just wipe away the fact that they need God, but they know that they need God, and that's still why they do the things that they do. Uh, we, we watched a, a, a video uh, on another show I do with a friend of mine where um, the Jesus Loves You podcast, where, where we looked at, at this woman who did this, this abortion altar. It's called an abortion altar, and she, she made this video on YouTube about uh, how to have an altar for your abortion, and and she did did these little incantations, and she had incense, and then you either perform your abortion there. I don't know if it was an at-home abortion. She was showing people how to do this. Horrible, horrible things, right? Mm-hmm. But what's it? the fact that she has to have an altar, the fact that she's doing this, it proves our point. It proves our point that people know that they need God. She's doing a, a religious ritual. Right. They distort it. Yes, over something that science says isn't even wrong. Right. I mean, modern science, it just wants to say that this isn't even a moral issue. So, but, but she knows it is, and that's why she has to have this abortion altar because she knows that she's doing something wrong. So people do all kinds of things 
philosophies try to just make us feel like we're not doing anything wrong. Uh, in the beginning of Romans, Paul goes on, and uh, he's giving a little allusion to uh, the, a, a book, an ancient book called The Wisdom of Solomon, uh, you know, where he talks about how basically our consciences, they become seared as with a hot iron, burned as with a hot iron, because people are, they're, they're pushing away, they're, they're suppressing God's righteousness, mm-hmm. right? So, so that's what we do. That's one way people respond to the righteousness of God. But the gospel message tells us that we don't have to do any of those things. Are you someone who has run away from God? Are you someone who deals with a guilty conscience because of something that you've done, and maybe it was years ago, maybe it's a lifestyle that you're living in right now, and we're here to proclaim to you today the gospel that by faith God makes you righteous, by faith alone, in Christ alone. These are principles of what we call the Reformation back in history. That's the gospel. In the word of God alone. It's not because of what you do. You can't make an abortion altar and have that make you right in Christ. You can't perform some kind of sacrifice and have God look at you and go, you're a good person. You can't do it, so stop trying. We're all sinners. We all fall short. All you have to do is express faith. It's, it's the gift of God. Romans chapter 6, verse 23 says it's the gift of the wages of sin is death. The mm-hmm. wages of an abortion, the wages of homosexuality, the, the wages of adultery, the wages of theft, the wages of coveting, something that we just do in our heart that everybody does every day. It's not a physical act. The wages of inward sin, lust, depravity, the wages of these things. The wages of selfishness. Just plug in your sin. The wages of sin is death. And so we all know we do all these things. Right. But the free gift of God. See, it's distinct from, from what you earn. It's a gift given to you. The gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. It's through faith for all who believe. Going back to our theme verse from Romans 1.16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it. The gospel is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who, what? Believes. Believes. For everyone who believes. So that is the core tenet of the gospel. That's what we preach to you today. That's what we want you to know. And uh, uh, before I give you an opportunity to receive Christ, here's a word from our sponsor. I've already told you about my recent trip to the Middle East and the real Mount Sinai in Saudi Arabia, but what you may not know is that you can experience these things for yourself, and it's all made possible through our friends and ministry partners at DiscoveredSinai.com, where Andrew Jones and his team will take you on an adventure of biblical proportions to places like Noah's Ark, the Pyramids of Egypt, the real Mount Sinai and Red Sea crossing site, the Split Rock of Horeb, Elijah's Cave, Sodom and Gomorrah, and Jerusalem. I can't emphasize enough just how incredible this opportunity is. It will be life-changing for you and your family. And here's the cool part. You can do the whole tour or just book the individual things you'd like to see. And the prices are amazingly reasonable for this all-inclusive spiritual experience. Book your tour today at DiscoveredSinai.com. Absolutely incredible. My son and I went on this trip, and one of the things I learned is that the Bible is true. Mm, That's a message that we're here to tell you today. The the Bible is true. We know that the gospel message is rooted in the Bible, and 
if you're just sitting here wondering, how do I receive Jesus? It's one of the greatest things in the world. All you have to do is just say a prayer. The Bible says all those who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And you can call upon God's name through a prayer. Of course, you take a a step. I want to encourage you to take a step after you say this prayer, if you're doing it for the first time. I want to encourage you to talk to your pastor. Maybe leave us a message in the chat. Let us know because we'd love to pray for you or send you a Bible if you don't have one. But, uh, but say this prayer with me right now, and then go on and, and get baptized at your church and be a part of your church. Because remember, part of the gospel is that God has called us, all the nations, to the obedience of faith. So God has called you to something better. And uh, it's just, it just, it just one step at a time. You're not, you're not going to completely change your life in a day, and that's not what God wants from you. It's a, it's a journey of faith. But the journey starts with faith, and it starts with you expressing your faith in Jesus So say this prayer with me right now. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner, and I need a Savior. I ask you to come into my heart and make me new right now. Lord, I believe that you died for my sins. I believe that you were raised from the dead three days later. I can't understand how, but I believe that it happened. And I ask you to change me today so that I can live for you tomorrow. If you did say that prayer for the first time, you are saved. And it's, remember, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And and we just proclaimed the gospel to you and you received it. So uh, get baptized at your church. Leave a message for us so that we know and we can celebrate with you. Read your Bible. It's all true. All of it. We love you in Jesus. And uh, I guess it's Pastor AJ, Don, and Ryan all saying peace out. We'll see you next time. God bless you in Jesus.